Hello and welcome to another edition of Look Who's Talking, lively and enlightening topical chat relating to the life of Christchurch New Malden. I'm Anna Larkin and here on the show this month I have regular Stephen Kurt. Hello. And Nathan Larkin. Hey there. Plus our special guest for this month, Tom Collins. Hello. In this month's show there will be quite a focus on men as we talk about two of our groups for men, men behaving dadly and the likely dads. And so that it's not all about men, we'll also be hearing about the wolf run and the Simply Christian cause, which are involving both men and women. We'll also be looking at what's coming up at Christchurch in April as part of our ongoing celebration of Easter, which of course is also for everyone. But keeping in with the tenor of a lot of the show this month, we'll then finish off with a discussion about men in church and some of the issues that surround this. So let's get going. Men behaving dadly and the likely dads. Stephen, what on earth are these groups all about with their rather wacky titles? Uh, perhaps we should start with Men Behaving Dadly, because that's the oldest one, isn't it? Yep. Uh, Men Behaving Dadly has been going, well, about four years. Um, on Mothering Sunday, around about four or so years ago, I thought, what can we do on the, on, on the Saturday before Mothering Sunday? Uh, that can give the mums some time off, they can have a lie-in, they can have a bit of sort of me time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically we did a sort of dads and toddlers group and we got all the toys out that are used by the toddler group um, and we did bacon rolls and we had coffee and the dads came along with their kids and sort of stood rather separate from one another while their kids played on the floor. So um, was this the very first group for yeah. dads and their kids? Was it, had there been a, anything similar no, to that No, I before? don't think so. I think it was the first time something was done for dads and their kids. Mm-hmm. And it proved very popular, very popular with the mums who loved the fact that the dads were bringing out the kids. The children absolutely loved coming to stuff with their dads. And so around about a year and a half ago, uh, I decided this would be something that we should do once a month. Yeah. And, and it's grown, and um, it's really good fun. Yeah. So, so I, Tom, Tom, you're a regular at Men Behaving Dadly, aren't you? Yep, With right. um, Joshua, and do you take Timothy as well? Yep. Both of Generally. them. Lucky Helen. So um, <laughs> what is it that you like about going? Well, I think the starting point is probably, as Stephen said, in terms of giving Helen a chance for a bit of a break. She works as a full-time mum, and there's no weekend option for for full-time mum. So being able to give her a bit of that um, is a, a good starting point. And having something organised so that I don't have to try and think of something every mm. weekend is great for that. Um, but the context of it, being in the situation where we get to actually meet some of the other dads from church and also from out of church, it's been great seeing mm. some of them coming in. Been really good. The 9.30 service and the being in the lounge afterwards can be a bit of a jungle, really, in terms of yeah. crowds of people. Yeah. Yes. Um, you enter, tend to stick to the people you know already. Mm. Um, and so actually having a context out of that where you can begin to build connections with people is really, really yeah. positive. And there are a shortage of organised activities for dads to do, aren't there, really? Um, and so we have a craft activity uh, every month, which my... For Abby gets... Yeah, uh, Abigail, my, my, my 11-year-old daughter, does the craft activity. And it's quite good seeing these dads sit down and you know, look a bit horrified at what's being asked of them, where they have to cut out, you know... Mm-hmm. Uh, they, had, they were making uh, Mother's Day boxes to then put... Um, special Mother's Day biscuits jewelry. in this time, yeah. <laughs> and they've done jewellery in the past. I mean, I don't know what and it says about the fact that all the rest of the stuff's kind of just... You kind of throw the toys out and whatever. It's not very organised. The one bit that needs to be organised in the craft is done by a, by a girl. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and Abby takes that quite seriously. She, she comes along with her dad. Eh? Yeah, she does. Yeah. She, and it's lovely, actually. I mean, I, and I'm really glad that Abby 
uh, is able to come along because uh, it's, it is really special. And, and obviously I'm there mainly uh, as, as, as the leader of it, I guess. But actually it is quite special coming with Abby. It's something we do together. And, um, you know, we have a big bouncy castle now, thanks to Chris Ralphs, who brings that along. Mm. And, and you I come as well, Nathan, don't you? I do. Um, I, I'm <laughs> an imposter, though. I, I do. Uh, often when I meet someone, I have to kind of, um, oh, switch one's yours kind of chat. And then, uh, and then I kind of look awkwardly. I do work for the church. Um, so, <laughs> but, yeah. no, maybe, maybe we should lend you one sometime. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's always a few kids going spare that we can yeah. need, <laughs> need someone. But no, um, it, I, I think for me, it is a, the thing that Tom's talking about as well. Being a, it, definitely, I'm there to help, but mm. um, it was quite difficult to meet other blokes at yep. church. You know, yep. I, I um, before I mm. went to to that, I think I could count on one hand any that I'd had more than you know a kind of hello and goodbye sort of conversation yep. with. And uh, yeah, it was just I love going along meeting new people seeing the same faces you know yep. and uh and then you, you you know you see them on a on a sunday you see the, the mm. guys and there's just a real sort of community with it i yeah, yeah. i love it yeah and there's the bacon rolls as well we haven't yeah there, there is that yeah the bacon rolls yes, i bet they help the taste of <laughs> manliness <laughs> And the songs. We haven't mentioned the songs. Oh, yeah. That, oh, that's do you do songs? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Do we do songs. Oh, do, which songs do you do? We do the Okie Cokie. Would you like to sing a bit for it us? It sounds no? like a rugby international when we do <laughs> <laughs> all these blokes singing the Okie Cokie. With the scrums as well. Yeah, it's done in quite a coiden accent as well. Is it? Okay. And then we do the wheels on the bus. And recently, Ariane has been adding in her own verses, like the crocodile on the bus. Yeah. Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> we do always get some interesting twists. And we've had some children get up and do Twinkle Twinkle Little Star as well. Yeah, a little performance every now and then. Aww. So, yeah, no, it's good. I mean, the Okie Coke is great, and the kids absolutely love it, don't they? Mm. Um, you know, um, you know, so it's, 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 it's fantastic. It's growing not just in yeah. kind of numbers. I mean, la last time we had, I think, the most we've ever had. Yeah, last time, and this was the day before Mothering Sunday, so Saturday before last, was uh, 45... Uh, children I think and 35 dads wow. yeah. which was great including some that we met for the first time because you tweeted it Anna you see I did see, yes social networking at yeah there was there was a guy who came along when you met him didn't you yeah and I, I kind of asked you know yeah. um, do you know someone here or have you been to church he said no mm. it just came up on my twitter feed so I'm really pleased wow. because yeah. I wasn't I thought I was tweeting into an abyss <laughs> <laughs> the fact that somebody has um has picked up on it is and, and also people bring their friends you know which yeah. is really good as well um, and I think there are, you know, quite a lot of blokes who who do really want stuff to do with their kids and to meet other men, but actually there are very few opportunities for them to do it. So when we first started it, the men didn't communicate terribly well yeah. with one another. It was completely different from what it is now. Mm. Whereas it's a real, you know, now the dads will chat and the kids just get on with stuff <laughs> with no one really, really watching very the dads carefully. Dads then respond what they're doing. when they hear crying. It's like this one, is it? Interestingly, uh, when we first started it, one woman who will remain nameless did say to me. Uh, well, what women will be there? And I said, well, well, none. And she said, well, who's going to be in charge? And, I said, <laughs> <laughs> and she was really concerned about the fact this was going to be men, particularly me, in charge of a lot of children. We haven't had any major disasters yet. No, uh, not that we're aware of. And we have, <laughs> and we have got a, a rather large bouncy castle now as well. So, uh, yeah, we have. Yeah, At least that's soft. If you keep them all in there. You're getting off it, though. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, it's great. Yeah, that's it's, that's it's a major bonus, that bouncy castle. Yeah. And, really and it's not hard to do, to be honest. It, it, it's really not difficult to do men behaving badly. A bit of thought has to go into the craft activity. So you leave that to Abby? <laughs> well, actually, no, we, we do it together. Quite often I go to the pound shop. So, and it's quite... Um, so it might be an under-the-sea scene, which they did Ooh. one time. 
or um, and, and, and we've actually, what we've done is uh, sometimes we've got people along to sort of sell, like Green Pastures Ministry does. I mean, mm-hmm. Tom. Came. You, yeah. Well, they came and did the jewellery. So, uh, yeah, and they're an organisation that uh, encourages women to make themselves sort of economically um, viable by, you know, developing this jewellery. And uh, so it's a really good uh, cause. And we... They made little um, Valentine's pouches. That's right. It was the day before Valentine's. Or it was actually the yeah. day of Valentine's Day, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And they had to buy this jewellery, and then the children could go home and give them Valentine's presents. It's a captive audience, you know. It's like, yeah. uh, yeah. oh, we, your kids just made a little buy. box. I think it would be a shame to send them <laughs> 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 um, yeah. yeah. I never got any jewellery on Valentine's Day. Well, I don't think you were there, I were you? I wasn't there that day. Oh, yeah. he put you I know the days, dear boy. He got me a biscuit, though, on <laughs> Mother's Day, and he got one for my mum as well. Yep. So she was very, very pleased. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hers Great was glittery and mine wasn't. Yeah. And, it's, yeah, and it's been so successful that... Um, yeah, we've yes, you've started yeah. the new one, the yeah, Likely well, Dance. Uh, the Likely Dance, yeah. Which so that's not been going very long yet, no, has it? No, Likely Dance only had two... Um, Men Behaving Dadly is 9.30 till 11, um, uh, second uh, Saturday in the month, so it doesn't clash with the running club, which is the first Saturday in the month. Mm. And the likely dance is for dads and their junior school children, and that's from four till six on, I think, normally the third Saturday in the month. Okay. And so we started off with indoor cricket, and which was fantastic in the upstairs of the parish halls. It's heavily playing to sort of what I can do and what I can't do at the moment. Um, so we had indoor cricket, which was brilliant, and, and it was really fantastic to see these junior school kids just loving, and it wasn't just boys, there were some girls as well, just loving being there with their dance. And we had different rules, so all the children got underarm bowling, and they could smack, you know, every time they hit the wall, they got six. Um, and, uh, and it was really fantastic, and they really enjoyed it. And then we watched the adventures of Robin Hood um, yeah. with the children. Uh, but I hear no men came dressed up in tights, which is a bit disappointing. Not in tights. Well, we did have a sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah, we? yeah. Rob yeah. Shrimpton looked oh, very sheriff He even shaved his beard yeah. in the... Ooh, and I came, I, I, I came with... I, it was an expensive use of eyeliner, but I drew a moustache and a beard on myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, interesting. <laughs> it was Anna, a, Anna and I were usherettes, weren't we? Or you were, you yeah, made popcorn. Making the popcorn, yeah. yeah. But, it's, but, you know... It, any of these things, it almost doesn't matter what you do, um, but doing stuff for dads to do stuff with their kids, there is just not much of it, and the, the kids really, really yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, it's just providing the it. space and the opportunity. Yeah. And it's sort of following the sort of man-made, um, or is it, you know, what was the thing that you did not long ago, man yeah, and boy? Yeah, um, the man-made course or the man? No, the man, man and, and boy, boy thing yeah, going no, I further think when back. I, when I was, it's quite yeah. a, it's a few years ago now, but you're right, actually, that was... Um, one of the first projects I worked on was to try to when encourage... You were working oxygen, when I was yeah. working at Oxygen. And yeah. um, we did. We had treasure hunt in New Malden and yeah. things like that. And it was similarly um, trying to encourage I think that was probably at the back. Of, I kids. think that was probably at the back of my mind when yeah. I started Men Behaving Daddy and the Marty Dads, what you'd said about that. Because you'd said about it being very moving to see a kid really chuffed to doing something. Absolutely. Just to kind of delight in their mm. face to see that their dad's running around New Malden with them doing a treasure hunt or something yeah. silly like that. I think kids love seeing their dads silly <laughs> <laughs> that's our excuse yeah. well speaking of being silly um, and men being silly in particular oh that leads us very neatly onto the wolf run well it's uh, not exclusively men so well, it's no, not that's exclusively true, that's silly true. there are some sensible people doing it as well well I hear you're going to be doing it in costume yeah well yeah I think uh, that depends on everyone bringing in the money so yeah, it does. <laughs> now, now. yeah. 
So, Tom, tell us about the Wolf Run. Uh, what is it and why is it happening? Okay, so uh, the Wolf Run, I think Stephen pretends that he didn't know that it was an acronym for Woodlands, Obstacles, Lakes and Fields. No, I thought it was just <laughs> running as a pack. I honestly did. Really? <laughs> Howling at the same time. No, I didn't know it was an acronym. But it's all in yeah. capital letters. Yeah, that didn't occur to me. Okay. <laughs> so, hopefully that sets the scene of it basically being somewhere between a cross-country and a, an assault course um, mm. over 10 kilometres. Um, so it includes things like um, scrambling up mud banks, swimming through a lake. Mm. Um, Sounds like fun. Well, that seems to change. Sometimes people say it's wading through a lake. Other times people say it's swimming. And I think we've got to clarify whether it's swimming <laughs> I, I think or it's wading. Weird. I think it's wading. Because but, but it like, it's probably in wading depth, you probably can swim if you want to be yeah. faster. Wading's probably slower, but you probably can do I don't think it goes deeper than my chest height from the video that I... Uh, yeah, I know, but you're, you're, you're building Stephen up. I think there is some yeah. swimming involved. <laughs> <laughs> We just want to get up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, generally, it's seasonal, isn't it? And it's when you yeah, know, the time depends on the water. Yeah, water yeah. and it's different every year. I think they they change the course to keep it a, a bit of an element of suspense. So right. it might be that there's no swimming at all. Yeah. And if there is, they're bound to have lifeguards. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, a bit so of a shame that I can't make it. Mm. It sounded delightful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you came up with a good excuse. So you were doing it for the job. You didn't want to injure yourself. That's it. But it, but it came up on Father's Day, didn't it? And perhaps you ought to explain this, Tom, because you were challenged by what was said on Father's Absolutely. Day so by Susanna. Father's it? Day last year, Susanna Sloman... Um, was preaching on what men can do about human trafficking. Um, and the things that she was explaining, just outrageous um, and horrifying, I suppose, that there's so many people who, in our modern day, are trapped in slavery. Yeah. Um, the statistics seem to say that more people are in slavery now than mm. when slavery was a, a legal trade yep. a couple of hundred years ago. Um, and that's not just um, out there in the big wide world, but it's in the UK as well, that people yep. are, are trafficked and in slavery um, right near us. And that includes all sorts of things. So um, people who are, are trafficked for sexual exploitation or for um, manual labor, forced labor, um, a whole range of things. And also ages, so children, adults, um, men and women. Mm. So her challenge was, what can we as, as men at Christchurch do about this? Um, my initial thought was to link it with the wolf run that my brother-in-law had done um, a couple of months before um, and to just think that that was a possible idea but not to do anything more about it. So it was actually um, just before our second son Timothy was born that um, one night I woke up from an incredibly vivid dream where it turned out I had been trafficked, that I found myself in North Africa wow. um, mm. having been trafficked. And as I woke up, the realisation of the absolute horror of being in that situation and particularly the thing that struck me was that um, my family would be searching for me and may never, never find out where yeah. I got to. Mm. Yep. Um, and I was able to wake up from that nightmare and my family were there and I was in a safe home. But I know that for those thousands of people in the UK and those millions of people around the world, they can't wake up from the nightmare. It's, mm. it's stuck unless people are willing to do something about it to, yep. to try and help. And we're only waking up to it as an issue now, aren't we, really, yep. as a culture? You know, this was an issue which... I heard people talking about eight or nine years ago, but it didn't register with me. You know, mm. I look back now and, 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 and realise that I didn't really know what they Often were talking that's about. The way, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it absolutely, and it's become a lot clearer. And um, and it's a, a serious organised crime. So it, it's something mm. that the police are, are also waking up to and yeah. and now taking action on it. But yeah. I guess 
as as people who are committed to justice because of what God has called us to, yep. we can't just wait for that to develop. We've got to take action when we can. Yep. Yep. Now. And so Hope for Justice is a fantastic charity doing doing great stuff in terms of you know briefing the police and helping people to. So that that was the idea with the, the yeah. Wolf Run is that um, based on Susanna's challenge that we were to then raise money for Hope for Justice. So that's a, a UK-based charity that is doing work, as Stephen says, very practically approach um, to, to training officers who then go out rescuing people, identifying them and rescuing them, and then also going through the process of rehabilitation and mm. helping people to get back into to normal life. Mm. So who have we got on the list, Tom? Who's, who's doing the wolf? Well, in terms of the men that link up to the men behaving badly, there's yeah. um, Matt Argent, yep. uh, Ryan Green, Mark Heyman, and Phil Nettleton. Yep. And Julian Steer. Um, and they've... And me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's already been mentioned. That's a given. Um, so then other, other men who have joined in. So Pete Bodley-Scott. Yep. Uh, Richard Chalkley, Mike Ferguson, and Nick Hudson. Yep. Um, and then, fantastically, various of them are also coming with their wives. So um, we've got uh, Sarah Chalkley and Ros Green, Joe Heyman, uh, Charlotte Nettleton, and then hopefully Lucy Steer as well. Yep. Um, and then we've got Lindsay Barnett as well. Because you were against women women taking part originally, Nathan, weren't you? <laughs> I, uh, I can't well, believe you're in you trouble just now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's not quite how it happened. And but some I, of the other men in the event. They, yeah, I, think, I, think, I think what I was talking about originally was the fact that it was going to be a kind of thing for blokes. And I think it's interesting that we're um, talking about blokes today in this because I do think that can be a, a, a kind of a barb that boys get when we have something that's for guys yeah. you know and um, it's a why, aren't, why, why is it exclusive why is yeah. it you know and, and it, you very rarely get guys in, and possibly it's because guys aren't interested in going to the types of things that are yeah. being put on for, for yeah. women yeah. but I've never really heard uh, mm. a guy complain that he's not allowed to go to um, Women's Owner Connections. Or <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know any one of the number of things that, that are for, for ladies at church. Now, Nathan, I to be honest, because you've me. loved it the few times you've been at Women's Owner. I have own. been to yeah. Women's Owner, and I enjoy it very much. I like Women's Owner Connections. Um, but yeah, <laughs> and Connections, actually. But, yeah, but I'm one of the few men who go for that. <laughs> But yeah, so so yeah, no, it's, it was never it was never about not having mm. women involved. But it, I, I do think it's um, it's important sometimes to have things that... Yeah. Um, that can be yep. separate mm. um, yep. as well as you know. Well, you found that with youth work. Things. You found that with youth work, haven't you? Actually, to my surprise, yeah. Doing, I know this is straying a bit off topic, but doing um, urban nights for boys on Tuesdays, girls night in on Wednesdays has been really popular. It was completely hasn't it? accidental. We completely stumbled yeah. upon it just because um, I was already doing urban nights, um, which around football tended yeah. to just it was never actually meant to be for boys but yeah. it just so happened the group we had was all boys which made us then respond by starting girls night yeah. and we ended up with two groups separately but what what has happened in the years that we've been running it is we've seen that if, if for teenagers having a space where they're not um feeling any pressure to mm. um I don't know, put on a show yeah, or yeah. Um, and all those types of pressures that teenagers often do face when engaging with the other sex has meant that they've uh, been able to stay that little bit yeah. younger, a little bit longer, yeah. maybe naive, but in a, yeah. in a healthy way. Yeah. And, um, it's interesting because really looking back, them. I didn't grow up in any single sex environments. The yeah. other, sometimes playing cricket, that was about the only one. Hmm. And so it was interesting, you know, all of my experience growing up, which I've always seen as very positive. But actually, I think there is a point there about having some environments where it can just be with your gender 
probably yeah. can be quite helpful. Yeah, and no, mine, I guess, fairly opposite in that school was single yeah. sex and I was involved in the boys' brigade. Yeah. So that was definitely boys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so it was only an occasional youth group yeah. activity that was, mm. was mixed. Yeah. yeah, so I guess it's about finding mm. some kind of healthy balance between yeah. it. But yeah. But it won't be, I mean, I'm nervous about this Wolfram because I'm not absolutely sure I'm up to it. I think pretty much everyone, <laughs> <laughs> everyone is nervous from the conversations that I've had. Yeah, it's 10 k six miles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I've run, that distance, I've run that. that distance before. Yeah. And the, I think they're, the really exciting bit, because I, I hate distance running, um, right. and so the idea of doing a sponsored run just does not appeal at all. Uh, so it was only the, the seed of seeing my brother-in-law completely soaked, covered in mud, yeah, that, that yeah. made me think, actually, bizarrely, that's got a bit of an appeal to it. Yeah. I, I think it'll be fun. We Something do to some distract you from the, the end. Brain. <laughs> the, really, the thing that I think is quite unique about this, that I... Um, that kind of keeps it a challenge for everyone because we've got people in there um, who kind of do Ironman races for fun and who <laughs> go on, you know, kind of marathons because they want to do something at the weekend and, and then we've got people who don't. And I think the real challenge to those who find that kind of thing so easy is that we're running it, or, or yeah. we, I say we, you're running it as a pack. As a group. Yeah. So yeah. for them, the challenge is not rushing off ahead and sticking together. Well, I think that would be good personally. I had someone say the other day that they felt it should all be you know, those who are most competitive racing head, I think it would be good to run it as a pack. Oh, absolutely. And then we can sort of help each other. We'll have raging. <laughs> and you can wind everyone up by walking it. No. I used to walk the school cross country. You as soon did. as you got out of sight of the teachers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite a nice walk. <laughs> but it's, it's really exciting. When I, um, it was actually at 9.30, uh, the um, member Haven Dadley, that I tentatively suggested to Stephen, oh, maybe we could do something like this. And I thought there'd be a bit of mm. leeway, I might be able to wriggle out of it and we'd just discuss it. But straight away he turned around and announced it to all the <laughs> other men, saying, we're gonna, Tom's doing this wolf run, and so yep. we suddenly have to organise it. But I thought there might be two or three kind of yeah. fairly keen athletic types. Mm. But actually, the fact that we've got 17 people. Yeah, it's amazing. It's going to be really good. Yes. Yeah. And I do question the sanity of those <laughs> 17, but, um, but, but I'm really But it's also going to be, yeah, it's, it's going to further relationships, yeah. further a sense of belonging yeah, to Christchurch. Community church. building. Yeah, and the fact that lots of the families are going to come and spectate as well. I think. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So, um, so if people want to sponsor either an individual who's running it or the team as a whole, how yep. can they do that? Well, possibly the simplest way is through the Just Giving website, um, but the easiest way to get there is to go through our church website, so ccnm.org slash wolfrun and then that has a link onto our Just Giving page, which is a team, and then all the individuals are listed there. And you have to choose an individual, mm. but the money goes to the team yeah. total. Yeah, just choose oh, whoever has the least. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we've raised about £2,000, yep. haven't we? £2,000, wow, Yeah, but we want to raise about 10000 if we yep. can, don't we? And if we do, then Stephen's going to be in his dog collar. Well, I was going to be in my robes originally. So <laughs> we've toned <laughs> it down. That would be quite <laughs> some dry cleaning job at the end, I think. <laughs> but we didn't tell they ever get worn. <laughs> <laughs> but also, if people don't want to go through Just Giving or aren't able to, then um, there's sponsorship forms at the back of church on Sundays. So. Yep. Brilliant. Or you can put a cheque in a yellow envelope in the offering on a Sunday yep. and just write on the outside of the envelope that it's for Wolf Run or cash. It doesn't have to be a cheque. Yep. <laughs> okay. um, uh, brilliant. So we'll move on now to the Simply Christian course. Um, I think all three of you are involved with the yep. Simply yep. Christian yeah. course. Yep. Um, so you'll have to tell me all about it because I'm not there. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, Stephen, what's the thinking behind it? Well, we've run the Alpha course at Christchurch for around about 10 years. I started Alpha here when I was curate in 2004. And uh, Alpha is a really good introduction to the Christian faith. And it's 
brought tremendous good to Christchurch. There are a lot of people who are part of this church who wouldn't have been, but for the AF courses they've come on, so people like Hazel Brown, Rod and Jenny Cropper, uh, Claire Ellenson, Diana Pergam. Um, there's, there's quite a number of And I actually... Uh, yeah, you came on the AF course. I would have been here otherwise. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it made a big difference. It, it? Did, it yeah, made a very big difference, difference for yeah. you. Um, and I don't think ours is the only home group no. that started from Alpha. No, absolutely. So Alpha is great, and I, I, and I wouldn't want to sort of denigrated in any way. It's brought tremendous good to the church. But I was increasingly aware that uh, quite a few uh, things indicated to me that we need to start a bit further back. Um, and so the Simply Christian course, which is based on the, the book Simply Christian by Tom Wright, um, particularly uh, starting off with the sort of echoes of God that people hear uh, within uh, within their sort of everyday lives and sort of building on that. Uh, another thing that I thought was really important was that the story of Israel and, and the Old Testament, I, I think, has to be a lot more sort of load-bearing theologically uh, rather than just used as sort of illustrations for New Testament truths, which, which perhaps might, might, have, might have been yeah, a bit Yeah, I think of for a, a lot of Christians alpha. you can kind of jump from Genesis 3. Yeah, from Genesis 3 to Jesus. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. For a lot of people... The gospel will be, you know, God created uh, a good world, then it goes wrong, so we need Jesus. Yeah. And, and, you know, the Old Testament writers Just must have, right you know, wonder why they bothered, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing is, though, also, and this has been quite a big theme in the course, is, um, you know, what do we mean when we talk about God? How do we understand uh, heaven? How does heaven relate uh, to earth? And quite often, unwittingly, we can be operating with a framework that's sometimes described as deism, uh, which was an 18th century um, sort of uh, religious idea that God is distant from the world, he may have created it, but now he is largely absent. And that results in practical atheism, really, that we, we live life pretty much without reference to God, even if he does exist. And that sort of cosmology, that sort of understanding of how um, uh, the spiritual realm relates to the things we most obviously see and experience, that needs to be challenged uh, so that people understand the perspective that the Bible's mm. coming from. So, there's quite, so it's been harder work, mm. but I think the people who come, who've come have actually appreciated the fact that, particularly in its early weeks, it's quite a lot sort of harder work than Alpha was. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the uh, things I've introduced as well is homework. Mm -hmm. So um, <laughs> People are horrified. Otherwise, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. people can otherwise come on a course and it can be rather... Um, sort of people can engage with what's offered and they may discuss it afterwards. But I thought actually giving people some sort of task to think about during the week means that if people have been thinking about issues beforehand and done a certain amount of preparation, then I think they're going to get loads more out of it. And I've and actually been quite pleased at yeah, that's, people. Yeah, that's come to bear, I think. It's definitely been a, a joke in our group in terms of whether people have done the homework or not. <laughs> and, um, there's one lady particularly who get, seems to get her son to do the homework for her. <laughs> um, but someone's, someone's dog out there. So. Yeah. <laughs> but the the fact that some of the people in the group have already begun to think about it, they they bring in things that they've been thinking about, and that then leads on to, to further yeah. discussion. So it's been really helpful to kickstart things. Mm. I think. I mean, I think it has as a course been, and it's and it's the first time we've run it. So yeah. it's um, yeah, you know, it's a work in progress. Yeah, but um, but I think that has been what's really stood out for me. I've I've been involved in Alpha. Mm. Um, I've run Youth Alpha yep. as well, and, and again, you know, big fan of Alpha in mm. many ways, but the ways that this has been uh, a more, possibly even more challenging and, mm. um, and, 
um, certainly more kind of intellectually rigorous. You know, yep. it asks a lot of um, questions that we kind of have to grapple mm. with. Um, but I think that's that's what's really stood out to me about things, that, the issues that I never even thought about with Alpha that have started to occur mm. to me. And you know, yep. it's kind of Alpha's beauty and its yep. curses, its yep. user friendliness. Yep. You know, it's it's deliberately designed to be mm. accessible and um, yeah, user friendly. But yep. um, but it, it often, I think, can leave people with a lot of the same questions they came into it with yep. and um, and leave those questions to perhaps a year or two down after. Yep. Uh, mm. uh, so uh, questions that really should be dealt mm. with, questions mm. that are important to yep. grapple with. Yep. Yeah. And it can almost bypass them and get people to a point where they feel like, yes, I've committed, this is great, mm. but it leaves gaping holes yep. in mm. their understanding. Yep. And, it, and possibly even not challenging some of those paradigms that Christianity mm. um, is often assumed to be. You know, mm. you know, it's all about going to heaven when we die yep. or, you know, yep. um, God's away up there somewhere yep. in a floaty cloud that yep. we every now and then ask him to step in and out of our lives. You yep. know, so some of those things, you know, we see it in, in, in TV and popular mm. culture. We see it in yep. kind of the Simpsons or Family Guy or these types of kind of comedic references to God stepping in and stepping out of the yep. world. Um, but I, but I think that does that that, that describes how people often do yep. think about Christianity and and where God is in relation to to Earth, and I'm not convinced that Alpha did um, challenge that. I think you can um, accept what's being taught without really dealing with yeah. that. Um, well, I think Alpha, understandably, was so keen for people to have a sort of personal encounter with God. Yeah. That mm. I think it probably thinks if there are tough, difficult questions, they can be sorted out a bit further yeah. down the line. I think for some people that can be a big uh, uh, stumbling block. Uh, yeah. Because I, I signed up to do the Alpha course here at Christchurch. Mm. It was a, uh, quite a few years ago now. And I hadn't been coming to Christchurch for that long at the time. Um, and I did it with a friend from outside of church. That's why I went. Mm. She was asking me lots of questions that I was struggling to answer. And I said, well, I don't know. But look, my church is starting an Alpha course. So if you're interested in finding out answers to your questions, you might be able to find them there and I'll go with you. Uh, so we both signed up. She said yes, and we both signed up. And, um, and I had never done an Alpha course before then. Um, and although I'd, I'd been a Christian for, well, for my whole life, so there wasn't necessarily anything that, that was totally news to me, but I found it quite helpful hearing things explained in a way that I might not have mm -hmm. heard them before, or thinking about things mm -hmm. slightly differently. Um, but my friend really struggled, and I think, looking back, the, what she found difficult was the fact that the, as, it, as the talks went on, as the weeks went on, um, the talk for week three sort of assumes that you've completely understood and completely agreed with everything that you'd heard on week two. Yeah. And because she didn't necessarily agree with everything she'd heard, then she felt she was being left behind and everybody else was, was moving on without her. And mm. obviously that wasn't a, a problem that I felt I had, but it, it was really frustrating for her. Um, and I think that, will, that won't really be a pitfall with Simply Christian. I think the, the way you're yeah. designing it... Um, is is quite different. Yeah, I think they. I mean, the Alpha course has had a huge impact around the world. Mm. So, it, <clears throat> and the the positive aspect is that it's it's catching people at a stage where they, where they can understand and relate to mm. what's what's been discussed. And I noticed that through the course. I think is um, when we got to the week that was looking at the Holy Spirit. It seemed like suddenly people found things that they could relate to their their current experience. Mm. 
the weeks that we'd had previously were looking kind of at the background of Christianity mm. and, the, and the big story that God has that's building mm. up. Um, but suddenly they got to something that they felt like actually they could relate to their mm. daily lives. Yeah. So it links in there. So I think that possibly the strength of this um, Simply Christian course is that it's, it opens up all sorts of possibilities of things that people see that, that, they mm. can, that Christianity can be explored and that there is depth to it. Mm. Um, but also gives people uh, a starting point. Yeah. It was interesting, just this last week, we were looking at the Bible um, and how people approach the Bible, what is its purpose and power. And I got the sense from quite a few people that they found that the Bible to be a completely overwhelming book to, to approach. Yeah. Um, and particularly if you think of it as being a, a full story, so the Old Testament as being completely irrelevant, then you might start trying to wade through the Old mm. Testament, first of all, and be completely put off by language and concepts mm. that are, mm. are alien. So actually, yes, it crushes you. Yeah. But it, you need so people need some direction of, of how to approach the Bible as a starting point, so that they can mm. begin to understand God's story. So looking at the Gospels, for example, mm. maybe the, the Book of Luke as a starting point, yep. and then they can see that actually they yep. need the bigger picture to be able to understand mm. what's yep. going on. So yeah. it kind of leads into to knowing God's story. Yep. So how many people are doing these simply Christian? We've course? got. Uh, around about 32, 33, something like that. That mm -hmm. includes leaders as well. So it's quite mm -hmm. a... I mean, and, and like Alpha, we start off with a meal. So now they're um, all people who knew each other before the course They're started. generally... I mean, generally what I do is invite anyone from the 930 service or anyone who started coming to Christchurch in the last year who hasn't done Alpha before, in, in future it will be, hasn't done Simply Christian before, um, but we do get some people who see the um, notice outside the church or they see it on the website or they have a member of their family. In, in one case, someone came because I think a mother-in-law who did Alpha a few years ago told her about yeah, okay. it. Um, so, yeah. It's going to be something we're running again. You know, it's not just a one-off. Yep. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, I think we'll do it once a year. I may do it um, you know, fairly soon with, with preachers and leaders mm. because I think there's quite a lot... Um, because mm, it's not just a, a brilliant way to find out more about... God and, and mm. to explore faith, it's also a, a brilliant way to make friends. And I know that that's yep. not technically what it's meant to be for. Well, it's not its main aim, but I was quite new to Christchurch yeah. when I did it and made some absolutely fantastic friends. Mm. Um, and, and that was as much a benefit to me as all that I learned. Oh, totally. And I think, you know, this is where Alpha has blazed the trail. Um, having a meal beforehand um, is, is an absolutely crucial part of it because people get to know each other, they build relationships. And I think we've said before on the show that uh, relationships aren't a means to an end. When we draw people into Christian relationships, that is the end. You know, um, we, we want to draw people into relationships with God and with fellow Christians. And so what Alpha has been brilliant on is providing a model where people are welcomed into a community where valuable time is given to making relationships. That then makes people far more sort of receptive to, to I think, what they hear because they've already experienced quite a lot of Christianity. And it also facilitates the discussions. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, I think the thing that these courses, Alpha and a few others like yeah. it, um, I've kind of stumbled onto. All, I, I, I don't know how much it was in the thinking or yeah. um, whether it's been accidental, yeah. but... But what's happening in being served by the community and yep. in the meals and the yep. washing up and all of that there and in um, sharing a meal together and in uh, having community um, together is, is you're having this little bit of um, God's kingdom yeah. modeled and experienced mm -hmm. and they kind of um, 
they sense it, they, mm. they're, they're part of it, they're welcomed into it. And then we go through and discuss yeah. what it is that you're feeling, what yep. it is mm. that you've experienced. Yep. So and that, that's definitely come through in the conversations that, and through uh, comments about Christchurch more generally, that, that people have really been drawn to the community. Mm. Yeah. The fact that when mm. they come here, they, they feel connected to people and that um, there is something of substance here in the way yep. that people are reacting to each other. And people cooking a meal for them makes a big impact. And we so have we had get, yeah, delicious meals. Oh, they've had fantastic meals. <laughs> and they, you know, they come in and these people who they might vaguely recognise from being at Christchurch, but they're aware that they're quite you know, committed members, are turning up each week, you know, different people each week to cook a meal for them. And, uh, and that's yeah, been all part of the package of what people are experiencing with Christianity being But it's about. also been an opportunity for people to express frustrations with church and yep. a feeling that church is, is not what it should be mm. given the claims about Jesus and what he's done. Right. Yep. Um, but also um, it's been really helpful a comment we had last week about the fact that quite often when you hear uh, someone preaching up the front everything is fairly definite that it, they, they seem to be very confident about what they're saying and mm. there doesn't seem to be room for doubts and people mm. expressing their doubts and so having a group, I suppose, gives you some context for that, for people to see that you know, other people have, have yeah. doubts yes, and uncertainties. Yeah. But it's also something to, to flag up. I found it as a challenge that mm. if I'm presenting my understanding of Christianity, I don't try and make it so definite so that it's convincing and not be real about the, the issues that I struggle with and the, things, the doubts yeah. that I have. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, let's move on now and have a quick look at what's coming up in the preaching programme for April. So I think you've all got a copy of the preaching programme. And, um, and this doesn't happen that often, but we have got a new sermon series starting, and it's the same series for across all, all three of our services, mm-hmm. looking at different things, but we are looking yeah, so at each of the title. services yeah. as um, at how Easter should change certain things about our lives. Uh, we've also got two United services in April, yep. which is exciting. Um, but Stephen, talk us through your thinking behind the, uh, the sermon series. Well, Easter uh, is meant to be a sort of um, a 50-day celebration. Um, quite often, uh, churches can do Lent quite effectively. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and then Easter happens, and there are holidays and people go away. So Easter can be limited to Easter Day, which is often a wonderful, mm. a wonderful which service. Which is a complete imbalance. You know, it's, we, we mourn for, uh, yeah. for 30 days, yeah. and then we celebrate for a Sunday. And, yeah. and it's it, just tragic that it's, it, you know... It's, I know, and it's quite hard work to keep up that momentum of Easter, because yeah. quite often the Sunday after Christmas, clergy are away. I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not in this case, but quite often that is the case in churches where the clergy are away the Sunday after Easter, it's what's called a low Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that momentum's not always there. So I thought, you know, we've really got to, um, you know, Easter is meant to change everything. Jesus rising from the dead and showing that evil has uh, been defeated should change everything about the way we live, the way that we approach the whole of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I thought what we'd have would be um, the same title over the three services, 9.30, 11, and 6.30, uh, but applying this question of how Easter should change uh, to you know, the things that we hope for, my life from Monday yes, to Saturday. Yes, you've got the full spectrum there, even how Easter should change how I approach the general election, Absolutely. which is what I'll be really interested well, to Well, four years ago, or five years ago, whenever the general election was, uh, I, we had a similar series, and um, Easter and politics we were going to have, and it was on the 18th of April, um, five years ago, 
And uh, out of the blue, and a complete coincidence, or God instance maybe, uh, the Liberal Democrats uh, contacted me and wanted Nick Clegg to come. Yes. And, uh, yes. So we had Clegg Sunday, but I was already down Clegg to preach. Sunday. Was that the I was, I, Clegg Sunday, and I was already <laughs> down to preach on Eastern politics that day. Yeah. It was yeah. an amazing coincidence. And uh, so all the, you know, the liberal top brass were there um, listening to um, you know, me talk on the connection that I thought you know, needed to be said between these. There was Easter. a huge buzz around church, I remember. It was that. absolutely All the, heaving, all the young people it? were kind of walking around the TV cameras trying yeah. to get the <laughs> <laughs> We had sniffer dogs in at <laughs> six in the morning for explosives. So you sort of preached, and then what did Nick Clegg do? Nick Clegg spoke between the 9.30 and 11 o'clock services. We delayed 11 o'clock by half an hour, started, started at 11.30. And basically what happened was that um, Christian Aid had, provi- had persuaded all three party leaders that at the time were Gordon Brown, David Cameron and Nick Clegg to give one day during the election campaign to the issue of world poverty. Mm. And so they were all looking for churches at which to speak because oh. it was going to be on a Sunday. So uh, Gordon Brown went to a Methodist chapel somewhere in London, Cameron went somewhere else and Clegg came to Christchurch. Um, and um, yeah, it was it was it was good to have him here. And he, he obviously and didn't listen carefully enough to your story. <laughs> he turned out a bit of a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're, we're not getting political. Here, <laughs> well, we are meant to be political, um, but you know, um, yeah. I mean, they they at that, was just at that a student at the time. Well, at that stage, yes. you see what happened at that stage. They just had the first of those party yeah, leaders the, debates, the debates, and he was seen as the one who'd been really successful. And the following Sunday, I think that was on the Wednesday yeah. or Thursday, we had him at Christchurch on the <laughs> Sunday. So we were absolutely heaving uh, with people, and it was quite funny because Nick Clegg saw all these children rushing around the church. And one or two parents were anxious because they couldn't find their children and came up and asked me to make an announcement. And then they did find their child. And Nick Clegg said to me, he said, impressed by the amount of children coming to this church. But he said, um, you know, do you lose a lot of these children? <laughs> I, I said to him, yeah, we've got 70 coming. It doesn't matter if we lose the old one or two. <laughs> and he only started his talk by, by referring to me. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Um, so, we, so we've got um, a few different things coming up, as we've just discussed. We've also got the APCM at the end of the month. What's that all about? Yeah, well, basically, uh, churches have to have an annual parochial church meeting, and it's where the members vote for uh, the church councillors, PCC members and the church wardens, and we have that actually within a united service, which means that the majority of people who come to Christchurch are then able to vote for the people who represent them. Mm. So that's at the end of April. Okay, great. Well, it's been a bit of a blokey episode so far, so we're going to finish the show as we started it uh, with a bit more general discussion of the whole place of men in church. Um, Because it has been said um, that, which which is ironic given the overwhelmingly male leadership that churches have had for over 2,000 years now, uh, they aren't always the most suitable place for men. Um, How would you three respond to that argument? I think Nathan should lead up on this. Uh, do you? Um, <laughs> on the, uh, well, on the basis of the beard. Is the yeah. only one with a beard, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it, it, is, it is interesting. You know, I, I've been one of those who've levelled that accusation. And, and it is ironic, given that church has been hugely male-dominated in, from the front. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think there's, there's issues for me about the type of songs and the style of songs we sing. Um, you know, the only other place I, I sing songs is in a football stadium, and it's mm. absolutely nothing like the kind of um, songs we sing in, mm. in churches. Um, 
But yeah, I, I mean... Wouldn't I, that go for women as well? I mean, women don't sing. I guess it's just... It, for me, it's probably less of an issue if they're for women to be asked to sing songs about how beautiful Jesus' face is, uh, or, you know, <laughs> things like that. It, it, just to get straight in there with that one. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Am I the only one? Is that something... How do you find... Do, do you find church, Tom, uh, a place that... Or the, or the style of things that we do? Yeah. Um, well, uh, I think we've, we've heard it said before in terms of that idea of Jesus is my boyfriend songs. Yeah. Um, and that's something that <laughs> came up on the Simply Christian course. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's... I, um, when was it? Last month I preached at the 9.30 service on um, Rebecca and Isaac and I was drawing the analogy to, to Jesus and the church as being his bride. And I think I said at that point that that, that just does not relate to me at all in terms of mm. I can't really relate to being a bride. Um, I don't particularly want to pick you like dress. It's not... Uh, <laughs> I think you'd look lovely. <laughs> Thanks, Anna. Yeah. Well, not in church. <laughs> but um, I think it's there are so many images of of how we should be as church, um, and that we need to to have lots of them and more and more of them because um, God is so big in in mm. His way of relating to us. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's really hard to. It's sorry, very easy to draw stereotypes. Um, I think it, it tends to be that that men aren't so good at doing all the kind of the emotional relational stuff and actually church is a lot about emotion and relationship mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. it's about our relationship of love and again that, mm-hmm. that can tend to be mm-hmm. kind of seen as a, a feminine approach um, but I think the, the challenge that church has is how do you make love as powerful as God has made it mm-hmm. in terms of God's, God's approach of love was to go to a cross and, and be, yeah. be yeah. tortured and, yeah. and die I guess that, yeah, I, I, even the kind of Jesus that's often presented is this, um, you see he had a beard, but, uh, <laughs> well, he's always presented with a beard, but, um, yeah, kind of gentle Jesus, meek and mild, you know, a child, under, child under one arm yeah. and a little lamb on his other, yeah. under his other, and, and, and it's just all a bit yeah. watery and yeah. pathetic, and, yeah. um, and the feisty Jesus that we mm. see kind of getting angry and flipping over tables yep. in the temple, you know, this righteous indignation mm. on, on the behalf of those who are being mm. oppressed. Or well, being a carpenter, I mean, you, you know, it's a, um, because church is about uh, emotional connection, but it's also about service, isn't it? Mm. It's about doing mm. stuff yeah. and not necessarily yeah. just talking the talk, you know, but actually getting stuff done. Yeah, and I, I really appreciated Katie Loughman's sermon the other week about um, encouragement in work and the fact that mm-hmm. she drew the fact that, that Jesus as a carpenter would have had all sorts of signs on his body that he has had that as his profession. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually our professions do have a, a permanent impact on us. Yeah. Um, so that, that sense of it, kind of the ruggedness, but mm-hmm. yeah. um, I guess how, how we as, as church build on that um, as a, as a place for men to become more fully mm. men that they should be. I mean, interestingly, we do have, actually, a lot of blokes coming along to, to Christchurch, mm. which is great. I don't want to be complacent about it uh, at, at all, but I think one of the things in trying to be as child-friendly as possible, we found our, ourselves, in some ways, by accident, becoming quite bloke-friendly as well. Uh, in Read the, into that what you will. Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, I mean, the interesting thing is that a lot of dads do enjoy coming with their children, and, and the other thing I tend to do is give the blokes gadgets to operate. So at 9.30 in particular, we have to have 
one person on media shout doing all the stuff that goes on the screens, another person doing the sound system, another person doing cameras. It's not exclusively media. It's not exclusively. We, have, we, we have Helen Cook and we've had Can Nikki I just Goff. point out some of the best people at it are actually. <laughs> 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 but, but a lot of blokes do seem to really enjoy doing that. Yeah. And some of the men, uh, in particular the, the production of Baptism DVDs, have put so much effort into learning how to operate those cameras really, really well, yep. doing close-ups at just the right moments, mm. cutting away, you know, um, and really doing a really excellent, um, you know, job of using those cameras. And, and the cameras we've got here are fantastic. When you're doing all-age talks, I remember you were doing one not long ago, Tom, and the person, that, I can't remember who it was on cameras, might have been... John Churchhouse might have been Brian Stewart, but they were using the cameras really, really well mm -hmm. to make sure that everyone at the back could see all the visual aids that you were using. Okay. And yeah. you know, your son Joshua was upstaging you a bit at one point, <laughs> and that was all that was all caught on camera, fantastically, yeah. you know. Yeah. And um, there are there are groups um, targeted at the men who go to the eleven o'clock service as well, aren't yeah, there? Yeah. Well, we've is just it, is it Luke Wickings? Yeah, Luke Wickings, that? who is uh, one of our uh, curates here. Uh, he does a, a group called Men of Eleven, yeah. and and that's trying to. That's a little bit like Men Behaving Dandy and Like to Dance. Well. Yeah, we've got Men at Home, which John Henson runs. So we've got, yeah, four groups, four men at Christchurch. Admittedly, three of them are only recently formed. Yeah. So so I think we've got to. Um, I think as well, you know, on the agenda. I, I as I've admitted to, have uh, complained quite a lot in the past about you know feeling like church was not uh, you know aimed at me or but, but I think sometimes for guys um, it's a bit of a confidence thing as well you yeah. know we come in a bit more self-confident yeah. or a less self-confident yeah. and, and you see kind of new guys coming into church and uh, kids are very much a comfort blanket you want yeah. them close and you don't you know yeah. I'm here for them and yeah. But, but you watch during the action songs and you know they have kind of puzzled looking as other guys are doing these actions. You know, are, are, is that something we do? You know, where's my cue? And, and after a few weeks, you see them joining in and spinning around. And, yeah. and, and it's, um, I do think, a confidence thing as well, guys, which is yeah. perhaps unusual. I think guys have often been assumed to be more yeah. confident. Or, but I don't think in relational And I don't think in relational terms they are. So yeah. I think for a lot of um, uh, women you know, sort of emotionally opening up to a friend is, I think, a lot easier than it is yeah, for vulnerability, quite, quite a know, few men. Yeah, vulnerability, you know, I something guys um, a lie really very yeah. easily. It has to be But, you know, given that we have had exclusively male leadership for 2,000 years, it is amazing that the church has got itself in its position. I get quite cross when people well, blame not women's... Not all male leaders are quite as butch as you. <laughs> <laughs> but I get quite cross when people blame women's ordination for a feminisation of the church. Yes. I'm thinking if the church has become feminised, it, it's way predated 1992. Yeah. And partly that's yeah. because women are very good at just getting on and organising things and yeah. doing things. Whereas men tend to kind of hold back and don't, don't put themselves forward for yeah. mm. actually getting on. So yeah. I guess in a few years ago, before Men Behaving Dadly and the yeah. Lads, there wasn't really groups for men. And, and that yeah, John Henson pretty much, women, you know, John Henson running Men at Home. But absolutely, yeah. other than but that, they've all been clergy started. Absolutely. Yeah. And at the moment, they're still fairly much clergy sustained in terms of your, your yeah. driving them. Yeah, clergy and, and, and that is a huge <laughs> difference between, you know, we can say there's lots more for women or whatever, yeah. but actually it's a really good point that the things for women aren't being run by the clergy. Yeah. They're being run by the kind of average church-going member. Yeah. And, yeah, I think blokes... Sometimes so a challenge don't to step up and yeah. say, right, I'll do this, I'll take lead, I'll... Um, I think quite often, um, this is a bit of a stereotype, but I think blokes' jobs can sometimes take 
every bit of emotional energy going, and then perhaps some goes on the family as well. And you know, it, it you know perhaps blokes are less used to keeping, maybe yeah keeping uh, loads maybe of that's the excuse for you. I don't <laughs> know <who's that. laughs> and and I, uh, yeah, I guess that will be for some people. I know the other way that I think Helen has a much more emotionally demanding job than me in terms mm. of being being at home constantly mm. with the, the two boys mm. yeah. and not getting the chance to relate to other adults mm. generally. Mm. Um, whereas I, in some ways, go to work and get a bit of an escape and I can right. I can yeah. just focus on my particular task and yeah. I, I know mm. when I've got my job done and I go home. Yeah. Um, but she's got it all the time, and it's pretty emotionally yeah. demanding. Yeah. Mm. Well, whichever way you look at it, it definitely seems that uh, at the moment it's a very exciting time to be a man here at Christchurch <laughs> New Moulding. Absolutely. Um, Father's Day is worth mentioning, actually, because yeah. I think, you know, introducing Father's Day and making a big deal of that. And getting chocolate. Yes, I, chocolate. Yeah, and, and men getting children coming up for their fair trade chocolate. Mm. I think has been very, very symbolically important because I think... You know, when you do Mothering Sunday and there's nothing for fathers, whatever the sort of origins of Mothering Sunday, I think it is seen as Mother's Day now. Mm. And we you know, must have an equivalent for fathers. And so I think you know, Father's Day has been an important part of endorsing men yeah. uh, at Christchurch. Mm. Yes. Uh, well, that's all we've got time for this month. Um, for any blokes listening who have an idea for a new blokey activity that can be started, <laughs> do get in touch. Um, but until next time, remember that for more information about Christchurch, you can visit our website at ccnm.org. And we're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christchurch New Malden. And you can follow us on Twitter as well, at ccnmnews. But until then, see you next month.